Um, I think Harry is really interested in um, what you do in your podcast life. I introduced Harry to the Phone Hacks podcast uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> a few days ago. I like some of this we should get on the podcast because, but I just I love it. I was I had multiple moments of laughing out loud. But to me, the best part is is especially in the early episodes is where you. You guys are like, you're doing something and then you're like, oh, fuck, I'm going to regret this. <laughs> and that's uh, like the multiple times on this podcast. Oh, man. <laughs> it, that feeling of, oh, this was a fucking yeah, terrible uh, mistake. I, yeah, I know, man. I, uh, I'm, I, I, lo- I would love to go and back listen to the, to the episodes. I'd be interested to discuss w- this with you, Harry, because I find that your intellectual uh, point, point of view on things is kind of cool. Like you... <laughs> the way you discuss things and stuff, because um, th- this was in the early episodes, we gave a fuck about social media, yeah. right? But now I'm detached. Now I can write the most racist, sexist bullshit ever <laughs> and not care anymore <laughs> because it's detached from me. I don't care what people think anymore. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's ruined me, this podcast. It's ruined my life. It's... <laughs> Yeah, but, but exactly the same thing. And we should really get this on the. We should really record this. No, we are recording this because um, oh, you're recording it. Yeah, cool. Because because I, I have that thing also with it, just the whole thing, like the podcast, the comedy, and I mean, I love doing this podcast. The three of us get together and talk shit, and it's just like my one minute of my one hour or two of being a man a week, and the rest is just. But fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, because I'm a fucking dad. I mean, I have to do, I have to wash and, and shit like this <laughs> and cook and all this feminine shit. And, and then, <laughs> but also what? with comedy. What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like most, most of my life is being a housewife, basically. And listening to my kids and going, oh, that must be really hard for you. Instead of being like, look, here's how you fucking solve that problem. Get the fuck out there and get a, be a man. <laughs> I don't, I can't do that stuff. So that's how I get to let it out here. But, but also the comedy. I just sometimes feel that I used to think like I have a comedy persona, and I'm worrying that I'm starting to become that yeah. persona. Oh, we know that you are Harry. It's <laughs> all dicks with you. Yeah. Yeah, but it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool listening to you guys because. Uh, it's, I like listening to other podcasts with no stress, you know. Like my podcasts, we're always there's always that stress at the end. You're gonna have to really do something that day that you're really gonna have to fucking regret. You know what I mean? Whereas you guys kind of do it voluntarily. Whereas <laughs> I'm, you're, you're I'm just uh, create evil. I'm on edge. Uh, we get yeah, yeah. at any point. This is what I'm worried about. So, um, Dean, you might not be familiar with yeah. the concept. So, um, what? Um, <laughs> What Nick does with his uh, buddy, uh, Mike Goldstein, they invite a guest and then, then they hack their socials. Ah. That's the concept. Okay. So, and there is some heinous shit. <laughs> like one of my, I think the one that I fear the most is deep dives on friends. Okay. So they would go on uh, your profile, your deep, di- deep dive on one of your friends and then like a picture from oh like 2009. No. So that, or you, you commented no. on some of them as well, Nick, right? Yeah. One time I got Mike to comment on one of his old friend's wives' <laughs> photos from like 2015. Um, and he, I want him to, I got him to comment, Mikey want mummy's nipple. 
<laughs> oh my god! And then another another yeah. nice one is the earnest Facebook posts, <laughs> where it's just like Th- those. Yeah, those were so cool because at the start, that's what we we're obsessed with. We were obsessed with the earnest Facebook posts. It was the most brutal thing you could ever write and it really ruined me emotionally to write one of those posts because those those are the posts that I send to all my friends like I'm gonna say it right here and right now I am I'm I'm a caring guy I care for other people's well-being and stuff but if they put it out on Facebook it's the first thing I screenshot <laughs> look at this and some of them every I mean like the, what was it? I was listening to this Jordan Peterson. Like I bought the Jordan Peterson book, and it makes some really interesting points. <laughs> I'm posting yeah. a, like a picture, <laughs> which is. I loved the ones during comedy festival where uh, you had a bunch of people basically go like "fuck comedy" or "I'm done" or something like that. It's just like this is all garbage. But some people actually thought it was real. That's oh uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there was a few. Um, I remember the first in the first few episodes, uh, Mike told me that I, I got me to write one that I was quitting comedy because I had a really good festival run. I was selling out heaps of shows, and uh, I said, "Okay, I've sold out all these shows. You know what? This is the top. I'm done." <laughs> I'm checking um, out. <laughs> just <laughs> and it was mid festival, so it didn't make any sense. Like this is the best first half of a festival I've ever had. <laughs> Time to time to set it off, you know. <laughs> Actually, I would have a so I've oh, got a yeah. phone hack for you. Like, uh, we, yeah, yeah, go uh, for it. Oh, so, great. <clears throat> so this one, I believe, only works on the iPhone. But uh, I did this like I saw it. I saw it somewhere on on like Reddit or something, and then I had to try it. So basically, if you go into settings, uh, just to do the the nerdy bit. Uh, you go into settings, general, keyboard, text replacement. And the idea of this thing is that is, is like if you have, if you type in text BRB for be right back, that your phone automatically replaces it. But <laughs> so, so like, so you, you just like BRB and, it, and like, uh, like on the spell checker, it replaces BRB with the full text. Okay. So that's that's oh man. Nah. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly. You see where this is going. <laughs> that's like so. I, I, BRB anal sex dad kind of exactly. It's a <laughs> what, did you, what did you do to your partner? So your well, partner. So the first thing is I tested this on a friend. I I and the the art is you've got to find things that people use at the end of the sentence, and you can do punctuation. Uh, but all like the, the end of a text, but you can't do emojis, unfortunately. But so I just start with a friend. I replaced lol with lol dot 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 fuck me in the ass. <laughs> and because the key is you got to get something where they're typing at speed and they're just going to hit send before they <laughs> before they realize what they did. Ah, yes. And then my ex, uh, back at that time, so a little bit of explanation, her sister worked for Swiss, uh, which is like the national airline here. And I just thought it'd be funny, I, like, okay, the, you know, not too extreme. I'll just, I'll just replace okay with okay dot 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 lol. 
<laughs> okay. And uh, somehow she this, she hadn't hit this. <laughs> and then there was that day where the German wings pilot decided to fly into the ground. And it had literally just happened. It wasn't even on the news yet. And, and her sister sends a message uh, like, oh, a plane has crashed. We don't know which airline. And my ex texts her back, oh, are you okay? <laughs> Lol. <laughs> which that <laughs> which that and it's just like it's not fucking lol <laughs> like what the fuck <laughs> and and the last time Harry Sora was in parent custody, court. so uh, yeah, good one, brother. Exactly. Not that wrong. And I was, and I was very, I was very conflicted how because when when she was pissed with me, of course, and and I was really like, you don't say. I was very conflicted as a guy in which direct, like either to be very apologetic and go it was a prank, or to own it, like to be like ah, that was. Yeah, that was, like to be a complete dick and go, I pranked you. It's the perfect prank. <laughs> and in the end, I kind of went down the middle, which was the worst possible thing to do. Like I wasn't really apologetic, but I wasn't owning it either. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, yeah. Harry's a housewife. <laughs> Come on, babe. It's just having some fun, you know, like when we're back in uni and shit, you know, except we're yeah. like adults and we're in charge of people now and shit it's the like next that. level of hazing <laughs> but i think the stuff you could do with this yeah yeah but that's good man i love could, that that is next if level you do like like things like l- the word later and replace or later full stop like see you later you re- you, re- you you replace it with itself plus something so you could do later dot dot dot, dot hashtag black lives matter <laughs> 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 or, or, or like I don't know something like like <laughs> yeah uh, I don't know like cool dot and then and then put I've always loved you <laughs> and it's just gonna randomly show up <laughs> in people's people's tape. Hey man, just coming back, come around to pick, come around to the house to pick up those, uh, you know those those beers I left behind and shit from the party. Yeah, cool. I've always loved you. <laughs> and the thing is, like, if you do it right, like, if people... I mean, also, I think you forget pretty quick, so it'd be nice on the phone hacks that you just leave it there. And, and it takes, like, a while until it's going to come up, so they've forgotten by the time. And probably, like, why the fuck did my phone add that? There's just confusion all around. It's, uh, yeah. All right. That's a... Yeah. It it's really ruined our lives this whole thing cuz uh Mike uh put a you know he 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 went to Hawaii proposed to his fiance and then he just had to write in the comments this is not a phone <laughs> like this this has ruined his life like it's so bad. He's like, oh, "This is the woman I've always loved, and I'm going to propose to her now." And you know, she had to ring, and he, and then he had to write, "This is not a phone hack." And uh, one time, I was just in. I was, I was feeling emotional. I guess it was some. I wrote this, this yeah, like what I always hated on becoming. I think I wrote. It wasn't a um, wasn't such a sincere Facebook post, but it was pretty sincere. But it was about. You know, my grandfather passing his sense of humor onto me and all this kind of stuff. And I miss him. I, I miss my granddad and stuff. 
And then about fucking 10 comments. Phone hack, phone <laughs> hack. <laughs> so it just ruined our lives now. Like, I can, I can never be sincere on Facebook. Never. Or, or Instagram or anything. But it's fine. You know, who cares? It's bullshit anyway. Fucking social media is so dead. Like... <laughs> <laughs> but is it is it now taking its own momentum? Yeah. Like, is it has it reached a point like popularity wise where it's getting out of control? Because I could totally see how this would like people start getting on board. Yeah, sometimes people uh, tag us in things, and it's like kind of hurtful to the person that posted it. So <laughs> sometimes I post some some. Um, some big, some huge comedian in Australia will post something like, hey, guys, um, I'm going to quit this show or whatever. And then just, yeah, people going, hey, Nick Capo, Mike Goldstein, was this you? <laughs> and stuff like that. And it's like a fucking brutal post. <laughs> this, um, this comedian, Nikki Britton, she posted a, uh, a photo of her boobs, like in a, in a bra. And uh, she posted this photo. Of, yeah, so just going just a funny joke from her and it was hilarious she said hey melbourne you can't flatten these curves or something right <laughs> and then <laughs> there's there's about 10 comments of people going hey nikki this is funny or this is good for you and then about 10 other comments of like hey good one nick and mike goldstein <laughs> you know like so we just but this is look like the biggest fucking creeps in, yeah, anyway, it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, but I think, I think it's... Um, but yeah, so it's funny, man. It's good. I think it's amazing because I think this is actually the way that you fix fake news and a bunch of other shit on social media, that there's such a persistent level of paranoia uh, anything you're reading that you've got to think, was this a phone hack? That is what... That's what we need because mm. it stops you just believing whatever bullshit and then immediately sharing it with your whole friends and family i think this is why you're so on board harry because yeah you, you kind of want to this, make this a deeper thing nick you've found the solution to the world problems today basically <laughs> like oh man yeah it's cool man it's cool because like it's cool talking to you harry you know what i mean or i talk you know because like talking to all you guys but i know harry's you're probably a fan of brassoi or chris morris yeah. or whatever oh, yeah, yeah, where yeah. everything was a prank yeah and uh, that's that's the life I loved. Like, cause um, Dan Andrews, the uh, Premier of Victoria, put out a post yesterday saying we only had one coronavirus case in Victoria, and straight away I reposted it saying, "Big thanks to Dan Andrews for coming on the show, <laughs> like, for uh, coming on the phone." Oh, that's fantastic. Uh. <laughs> but then. I had to clear it with Mike. I was like, man, is this too crook? Because originally I wanted to write, hey, big thanks to Dan Andrews for coming on the show. It's really 48 new cases, 12 dead. <laughs> yeah, I think that one, because all the like Google and Facebook, they're all like, you can't post fake corona yeah. news, I think. This is the X, Y, and Z podcast. I'm sitting here with my man, Dean Ira. Yo. And my man, Harry Fox. How you doing? G'day, g'day. My name is Christian Breaker. And today, we have a guest from Australia, Nick Capper, everyone. What's up, Nick? Woohoo! Yes. Yes. Thanks for joining us, What a mate. pleasure. 
<laughs> oh man, it's so cool. I, I had to get a grocery uh, delivering job during COVID, and um, well, I mean, I say that, but I probably would have had to get it anyway because <laughs> uh, uh, I'm not that good a comedian. But I, um, yeah, but I, I was listening to you guys all last Saturday and uh, really loved it. Thanks, it seems so much less insincere, insincere when you do it a second time. Peek behind the curtain. Yeah, it was really a great podcast. Uh, oh, yeah. fuck you guys. If you guys had better technology, I wouldn't have to do it a second time, all right? I wouldn't have to sound like a fucking hack. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is so true. So uh, Nick and I have met um, in Kosamui in 2017. This is how I know Nick. Um, at a podcast festival on the sunny island in Thailand of Koh Samui. And um, I will put this picture up as a bit of a promo for this particular episode. Um, the first encounter that I had with Nick was taking a picture of him in black jeans and a black shirt at a pool in Koh Samui in like 30 de 32 degree heat. <laughs> that was yeah, a I was wearing a, uh, a, a cowboy shirt I'd bought and... Uh I, w I thought I'd be cool and, you know, I just come from Melbourne where it was like four degrees or minus four degrees or whatever and I thought, hey, I'll be rock and roll at this uh, podcast festival and boy did I regret that. But at least I made an entrance. Yeah, you definitely did um, and uh, the, the gin and tonics at the pool helped to get over the, the first heat. Um, thanks for joining us today, Nick. It's really cool to have you. A podcast. Man, also, I just want to tell you, Christian, that I wasn't going to do this podcast. I was almost going to pull out because you're a fucking prick, right? <laughs> you're, you're the biggest prick. I like okay. that. Okay, it's my girlfriend's birthday today, okay? <laughs> uh, I spend I spend 400 bucks on headphones. I fucking uh, got a breakfast in bed. Uh, what else? I took her on a boat ride. I did, did all this stuff, right? Do you know what she talks about the most? Christian's menu that he sent her for fondue and where to buy it. That's, th that made her nearly cry. Oh, my God. <laughs> this guy is such a fucking white knight. He just, like, he it, does all this feminist stuff to get... Oh, fuck Impress you. the ladies. Oh. oh, man. I'm like, what the... You, f you prick. I, <laughs> I, I've, I've tried to tick all the boxes here. And little old Swiss man rocks in with all these gadgets and fucking cheeses and stuff and ruins my life. But then I realized that <laughs> that I'm the prick in this situation and realizing I just bought stuff and thought it would make it better. But really, human connection is the better uh, <laughs> gift to anyone. <laughs> We've all learned something today. Look, if you if you want to win if you want to win over a, a lady's heart, you, uh, try try to do it with wine and cheese, and I think that's that's what it's all about. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it man. was beautiful, though, man. It was so so uh, a real, yeah, a real um a, a real uh, exhibit of the uh, the Christian breaker spirit, which is like yeah, just be nice no matter what, and fucking yeah absolutely ruin uh, other people's girlfriends with your gifts so, uh, <laughs> man. exactly he's setting too high expectations all around <laughs> we do we do always call him the christian heartbreaker christian heartbreaker. <laughs> yeah. but secretly there is also the beast of breaker and that's uh I, th I think we we get to that in episode 100 or something yeah that exactly <laughs> 
the, the massive. Uh, the yeah, massive. I, I do want to see his bad side. I do want to see it. I think that's when the real, yeah, that's when we see the, that's uh, like, that's, you know, that's when we see the other side of Switzerland. You know, the, ah, uh, oh, it's nice, fondue and shit. But then when you cross us, we have missile launches in farmyard <laughs> barns that you're not going to yeah. be able to detect. Uh, yeah, there's a... <laughs> <laughs> There's a bunch of like uh, drug infused events, I guess, that in the past I could attest like to. What well, you like think we've thing. got that? <laughs> you think we got that many farms in a fucking such a small country? No way. You think we got this many barns? You think we got this many uh, locked away, just abandoned sheds? No way, brah. Uh, they are anti aircraft launches. It's like a big vat of cheese that kind of just slides open. You know, and then just shoots out a missile when you fuck with them. So then there's one hand you're sitting there enjoying some cheese. The next thing you know, ba-bam. I mean, who said, <laughs> who said silos have purely to be used for, like, feeding cows? I mean, you can hide a missile in there any, any day. So, <laughs> I think the Swiss would actually just subtly sell weapons to, like, New Zealand or something and give them the idea that maybe they could just take a chunk of Australia. That would be the correct Swiss way to handle this. <laughs> <laughs> our, our brethren in uh, milk and sheep. Exactly. <laughs> New Zealand. <laughs> so, like, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I like it how everything has the uh, the Swiss army knife logic. Like, oh, it's silos. Oh, but when you fold it out, it's actually a missile. <laughs> kill your kids. Exactly. And it opens it's like, a oh, it's a corkscrew. Well. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this opens my bottle of wine. Yeah, also, it could cut your throat. So don't fuck with me, idiot. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, man. All right. Uh, we have some, uh, we have a little bit of mailbag, and I think it's, it's nice to have you on for that, Nick. Um, we have mm. a little bit of mailbag. We got an email. We, we're not getting huge amounts of, of mail, to be perfectly honest. I think we have to plug that mail address a little bit more. Um, yeah. the xycpod at gmail.com um, we got an email from an earlier um, writer inner what's, what's that called people that write in I don't know um, like listeners listeners people who write in listener yeah a listener fan stalker <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah those, those kind of words. I think <laughs> fan fan is a strong word but um, <laughs> so uh Jason goes, hey guys, love the show. You recently discussed Scientology with Ben and, this sh uh, and his short introduction into it. You also discussed Switzerland's voting and voting system. If someone gathered 100,000 signatures to ban Scientology and forced a vote, do you think it would pass? I think, I think, we, could oh. get, I think we could ban Scientology. That's a good question. It's true, actually. In Germany... I think in Germany, I think it's illegal or semi-legal. What? Because they, uh. they have rules about creating semi-fascist organizations <laughs> <laughs> and Scientology. Is We've seen this happen before somewhere. <laughs> exactly. Is Scientology a thing in Australia? I love it. I love it how something's like uh, totally logical. Like in Germany, they're like, no, Scientology doesn't work. Fuck it off. It's illegal. But then they still give 30% of their taxes to the church. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's oh, like yeah, we only yeah. want one fucked organization taking our money, all right? We don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very funny. We don't thing. want another illogical place taking our money, okay? That's it. 
like very quick aside, that, that's a funny thing because years ago, like one time I went to stay with my dad and I was doing a holiday job like years and years ago. I'd fill in this form when you start a job of what your religion is. And I'm like, but I don't have a religion. And it's like, yeah, but then let's call you this, Evangelish, like pro- Protestant. <laughs> I'm like, why? And he goes, yeah, so that you pay money to them. I'm like, I'm fucking not paying money to... So and and Germans really do this. They like <laughs> yeah. even if they're not religious, yeah. they'll still give money to the church. It's fucked. I mean, yeah, it's basically like paying upfront for your resting place. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I mean, that's annoying. That's the whole reason you become emotionless. So you're not tied to anyone. You don't have to give them any money. Exactly. So that's why you do that shit. That if you're German and you're just logical, you you go about your life with logic and shit like that you shouldn't have to have any religion i think religions are they're more reserved for us kind of latin types us uh european types that more a bit more you know have feelings and shit and uh let people get the better of us that way yeah, yeah. isn't isn't the jedi's um the, the jedi church a thing in australia isn't it uh, like a religion that you can put on the form or something I think it was a big practical joke in the census, in the uh, Australian census. You, you know, the census is the thing where they go, oh, yeah, you know, where they, they, uh, I don't know what you guys, is it a census in Switzerland? Is that what they call it? Yeah, like yeah, we, we call it basically um, counting the population. Uh, there, there, is a, there is such a thing, but it only happens like every 10 years or something. Yeah, so we had one of those, um, but... Everyone thought it because in Australia we take everything seriously. We take the right matters. So everyone thought it'd be funny to write Jedi as their religion, and then it had to become a religion then because so many people wrote Jedi, and it yeah it ruined the uh, the polling office. <laughs> so now a, that's a religion in Australia. It could be a thing later for the Phone Hacks podcast if you slightly rename it to sound a bit more religious. <laughs> we, we we get to we get to the plugs yeah. in, in a second, but I think um, the uh, the hundred thousand signatures that's absolutely true. We can basically pretty much create a law for anything. Um, also, getting rid of Scientology, and I think we should. I think we should we we should make this the mission of the X Y and Z podcast and get rid of Scientology. We've Man, yeah, I heard your story. Uh, what a couple of episodes ago, you had the French guy on, and uh, yeah, he was so funny, and how he just was like yeah i've heard that story so many times of the people having to buy in the tech the textbook yeah the, and the higher you get the more expensive the textbook yeah that's Fuck how that they off, get you you know have you guys yeah. heard of the uh and i mean church of the flying spaghetti monster oh yeah 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 oh i don't know that one you ever heard this one good yeah because there was a i think no. an american dude who won a court case because he wanted to wear a religious garb in his driver's license photo or his id picture right Mm-hmm. So he put a strainer on his head just to fuck with them, a spaghetti strainer, you know, and he won the case because they wouldn't allow him to take it. He's like, no, this is my religion. <laughs> it's the God, the flying spaghetti <laughs> monster. <laughs> That's a real church these days. Yep. Yeah, it counts, it counts as a religion. And not only in America, it's o- also in Europe uh, now. It, it is an official church. I'm not sure if it's either Germany or <laughs> Austria. But they recognize it as a religion. <laughs> but that, I mean, actually, it's yeah. like, it's it's kind of worrying in a way because this guy is basically trolling, and I sometimes feel that the last sane people on the planet today are the trolls. Like we're the only yeah. people that care how <laughs> fucked up and how everything needs to be ridiculed so that people stop the bullshit. 
It's, yeah, I know. It's, I've I, you, a couple of episodes ago, you guys were talking about imposter syndrome or whatever. When I hit, I, I, you know, I guess my life sometimes I'm a comedian. That's what I do. I'm known as a comedian. But when you hear about the uh, flying spaghetti monster guy who did that for no money at all, no type of social media output, no type of uh, gain in life. He just did that because he thought it was funny. That's when I feel like an imposter. That's when I'm like, oh, this guy's doing the real work. He's he's the real guy of the whole thing, you know? So you're just doing it to impress your girlfriend and then along comes Christian to fuck it up for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's the opposite though. That's the, yeah, that's no, the... Uh, that makes me even more of an imposter because then... <laughs> I, I didn't even do it with like writing a joke, so I'm definitely not the, the part yeah. of the <laughs> Yeah, I made that funny. Everyone else, that's heartbreak that some Swiss guy um, <laughs> pleases your girlfriend, but to me, that's funny. Oh yep. man, but but actually, I mean, I don't. You see, it's actually interesting because because I I don't think that you should get your girlfriend the sort of stuff. A woman would want for her birthday. Oh God, are, are we there already? Is it, is it, Harry, Harry is lining up. I can see it in his eyes. I, I'll stop. I'll stop. <laughs> no, because I just think it's a rocky road when you do that. Because when they, because then the next time you've got to level up and understand them even more than last time. And it's way better to do what you did, which is like, like let's get a fucking couple of rubber boats and go. That's a fucking cool idea. And, and, you know, and something completely unexpected. And, uh, you know, if you didn't have Christian to fuck it up, it would have been the greatest uh, <laughs> birthday present ever. Yeah, because that's what I thought. I thought, you know, like, I, you do have to realize sometimes that you're like, you're in someone's life. Um, it's really weird because, uh, yeah, I've been with my girlfriend for like two years. You, you begin to realize why you're in their life. And they originally got you in their life when you were the, when I was at my worst when I I was crazy you know is this a crazy guy I'm still I still am crazy but then when I started not getting crazy and doing what they wanted then I think they liked that a bit more but also they they did you know like it after a bit when I wasn't myself you know what I yeah, mean exactly. I mean sorry when I was myself when I was absolutely crazy. And you go, well, I'm not here to give you in your life what you want. I'm here to give you what I think that you want. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> not, com not completely. And that is, yeah, our next door neighbors were helping us blow the rubber boats up this morning for my girlfriend's birthday. And they said, has she ever said that she's wanted to float down a river in rubber boats bought from anaconda for forty dollars each and i said she has absolutely said no interest in watercraft whatsoever uh, and she is from queensland the capital of jet skis yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm i don't think i've even ever heard her say the word boat in the two and a half years <laughs> and i'm like no this is what we got to do you got to do it you know and i'm sure there's drama yeah they one of the boats sank and it was very stressful for everybody and 
Yeah, we thought uh, we were going to die or get arrested or something. Um, but then after it, you have a few bottles of wine. It's a big story and, and it's the best day ever. And, and I do like how you involve the neighbours in the blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to oh. make that joke. Oh, that was damn. just. Oh, this is why you're yeah. a dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no way. Well, to go. you know, it was it. It wasn't a blow job, but they were they were just blowing up because he had an electric uh, pump to bl- blow up the boats. But that is oh, that okay. is inserting the words in his head. Blow favor. So hopefully <laughs> next birthday, yeah, the neighbors will be sucking us off. So yeah, <laughs> is he one of those? Is this like one of those neighbors that has their life really to fucking gather? Because if he's got the machine for blowing up, <laughs> like like the one that reminds you that you're not man enough. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except I do not have an inferiority complex like this. I just, I'm the kind of guy that goes, man, that is so cool. Thanks for helping us out. Here's a six pack. Oh, that's And nice. uh, yeah, then I look like the hero for putting it all together. But really, he's done all the work. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can see his shed. He's basically got like all the tools just lined up and all like numbered and shit. So. Oh, yeah, you need a pump? Yes, at the ready. Here you go. Exactly. Yeah, man, I'm like Steve Jobs yelling at the Asian worker. <laughs> just like, yeah, what the? <laughs> I'm, I'm like, what the fuck? You can't put 24 gigs in this fucking iPod shuffle. Do it now. Do it and do it. Sl- this is too big. You know, that's kind of, yeah, I'm that guy. You need to put a few <laughs> nets around your neighbor's house so they can <laughs> come yeah. back with you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It, so, yeah, this is this is the unknown part of Melbourne, uh, Foxconn. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay, Foxconn, Melbourne. <laughs> oh, um, okay, man. so thanks, G, for sending us this email that got us from uh, uh, voting... <laughs> Out religion to to boats on the Yara. Um, do, do let's let's do the plaques and then um, get into into whatever uh, we are discussing today. Um, first off, Dean, any plaques from your side? Um, I'm just plugging the fact that I'm fucking ill today. Uh, yeah, you haven't said much. I have not said much. Um, look, I came here with a point to prove because as the youngest member who's never missed an episode. <laughs> <laughs> you guys true, constantly expect me to fuck up. <laughs> so even on the one day that I never went out and got drunk and came here hungover is the day I get ill. This is the one day that I'm like, I'm going to show these motherfuckers I'm responsible. And so even here, I'm sitting here sweating and dying, laughing silently without trying to cough. Um, fun fact, I got here with an Uber. Uh, the first Uber kicked me out of his car. <laughs> he was like, you're coughing like that dry cough. Get the fuck out. <laughs> I was like, you're just going to leave me here stranded. Really, man? Yeah. Point, yeah. That is brutal. Yeah, so uh, fuck you guys. Uh, I but <laughs> I think, actually, it's an interesting, because I was thinking about it. I think maybe, I, I, I swing for myself, maybe 
subconsciously I project my own failure or past failures onto you. I think, yeah, and we have conflict with that because my dad did the same thing. We're 20 minutes in and we're already at daddy issues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm incredibly stubborn about it. I'm like, oh, come <laughs> because I'm yeah. worried. I'm worried I actually might have corona. <laughs> like, say, for example, so I have a you're like, but we could you think get like, oh, I'm spreading corona, but I didn't kill a homeless person like my father <laughs> did or Harry. <laughs> <laughs> I got a point to prove. <laughs> but that's fucked up about the Uber. I mean, like, um, like, I mean, uh, imagine this expands. Like, like, you know, you've got some. They've got a list of illnesses where they can just toss you out on the street. <laughs> She's pregnant. She's giving birth right now. Get her out of my car. <laughs> exactly. She's going to ruin the car. Or, <laughs> or, you know, you 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 have a sexual disease and, you know, like, or whatever it is. Like, yeah, I, I can't make that funny now. Harry, <laughs> <laughs> you were digging so fast. Yeah, when you were, like, sexual disease, I was like, wait a minute. Wait. There must be a point in the Uber where you whip your dick out yeah. and they look at something green on you. Or you just step, you know? or do you step no, you into the cab and go, like, I have AIDS. Is this, is this how that works? No, no, it just sees you scratching your balls too much. He's like, you're scratching your balls too much, getting uh, the the lice in the... I would probably kick him out too. Yeah, but you, you might just be a young footballer, I guess. So. Yeah, uh, yeah uh. that's true. <laughs> Did you get into the Uber and go, excuse me, um, is this one of those Ubers where I can fuck you in the ass and not give you a sexual transmitted <laughs> disease? <laughs> Lol. As long as you wear a mask. He's like, oh, sorry, this is the one Uber that does not provide that service. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh, one have... star for fake Uber. Because you, don't you, sometimes you, like you know, on a review, like, oh, fuck, this whole, the text hack that we were talking about, maybe in the future on this podcast, I'm messing up your editing, Chris. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> but the text act, like if you could actually also have some, do some ones that you're going to do in an Uber, like if you're texting with your Uber driver, <laughs> and, oh, yeah. like, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm waiting on the corner. By the way, I have AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be arriving shortly. Bring the lube. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a whole new level if I'm coming. Um, uh, Oh, okay, so that's Dean's part. I, I, I'll plug Dean. I think Dean, there's got to be. We got to. We got to wake up the ladies. He needs a care package. So uh, uh, ladies, go and look after Dean. He's well, while we're doing the sh the plugs, um, how are the shows in in Switzerland? How are you guys? Are you guys doing good stand up shows? What's going on there? It sounds like the scene's pumping. I was I was listening to you guys and uh, the uh, the interviews with the fellow who runs all the rooms and things like that, and sounds sounds so great. Uh, yeah, what? Who's doing a gig? Where is is Harry doing a two hour live show? Because I'll fly. I'll I'll do ISO to uh, <laughs> see the, that. You know, oh, you're the only person that would you're do that. Harry, way too much credit, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, no, I mean. Uh, I mean, I think it's like, are you in full lockdown in Australia? Like no shows, nothing. Or yeah, oh, in Victoria anyway. So it's really weird. Okay, so look, I don't, I don't want to explain Australia to your fans a lot, a lot. But basically, what is happening is that yeah, Victoria's in full lockdown. Sydney's in kind of part lockdown, I guess. So they're starting to put on stand-up shows. Um, they've been doing that for a while, but it's been very, very spaced out. Whereas like Brisbane and Perth are basically 
back to normal. Like they're fully back to normal. So, so, uh, but it's kind of weird because Brisbane and Perth, they're not known for their stand up uh, prowess. I guess it's very. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I so know that we real... have some listeners in Queensland. This is going to be very interesting. So, so this is a this is basically an opportunity for shitty comedy, basically. <laughs> Well, basically, we found out that COVID follows culture. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what does that say about this? <laughs> well, yeah. let, let me enlighten you on this one. So the, the shows are going, but um, it's kind of like limited, uh, like big, bigger theaters. Um, they are not putting on proper shows or we only get like mm. half the crowd. And um, the, mm-hmm. the open mics are still pretty big. But we did the first open mic this week where it was with a full masked audience that was quite interesting on tuesday yeah yeah but actually it went okay i thought it was so we do the contact tracing everyone's got to fill in their details i mean the swiss basically swiss people are healthy they eat well and christian you don't need to sugarcoat it i know you were doing a corporate for the kkk it's fine (laughs) like it's fine man oh fuck Oh, damn. It's oh, all we getting missed out. it. We all missed getting out. That. Oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> a fully masked audience. It was fine. <laughs> They're all having a great time. And oh. I've seen a lot of your material, Christian, and it does lend itself to that kind of thing, to a, to a masked audience. This is your chance. You do some prop comedy. Just bring some triangle hats. Yeah, to the fuck next. off. <laughs> <laughs> I... I <laughs> I'd rather burn myself on one of those crosses. Oh, um, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man. Uh, oh, um, that okay, is so, so but, funny. But speaking of shows, on Thursday, um, this coming Thursday, this is, this is coming out of Tuesday, uh, this coming Thursday, there is a show on Benjamin Delahaye, a uh, friend of the show. Um, he will uh, be doing a solo at Comedy House Thursday night. Uh, come to this. It's going to be awesome. Although I would say that if you'd been in the country, you could have headlined that show, Nick. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, but that's fine. Say? Well, because well, last time you revealed it, like we're having issues with the head because the headliner was in a country that got locked down or on a put on a, a, a watch list or a blacklist or something. Oh, you can't <laughs> say blacklist anymore. Shit. Fuck. Jesus Christ. Oh, this is all going wrong. But actually, but Why Nick, can't you say blacklist? Uh, do you remember the Twitter? There was a thing. Twitter, Twitter started banning certain hashtags, including blacklist. This affected nerds because it's very common in software. Like if you have uh, like a list of IP addresses that aren't allowed, you put them on a blacklist. And then someone said, like, blacklist is, is, you know, racial prejudice. I checked out when you said IP addresses. Okay, all right. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. This has gotten too much. I, I checked out when you said blacklist. I'm like thinking here, oh, clearly whitelist is better. <laughs> Actually, yeah, that's the way to go. Well, you have like a yellow list and uh, we got a red list. That's my phone book. Yeah. <laughs> my contacts list. I love it how Harry just takes it one step further where even I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Actually, I had an idea. Actually, yeah, listening to the Phone Hacks podcast, I had an idea suddenly that, that another idea for a podcast would be would be trying it. trying to do seventies or eighties comedy without like doing it in the style <laughs> of comedians back oh, then. Fuck me! Like 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 a like a show where you try and do those old style like my wa- my wife la 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 la. 
Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> doesn't give me any respect, does she? But to do it in such a way that you can still get away with it. So what's yeah. the deal with blacklist? <laughs> 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 okay, but speaking of the phone hacks, Nick, you have uh, you have a bunch of uh, podcasts on uh, no live shows, but also uh, you have your special um, on sale online. Uh, what else do you want to plug? Oh, actually, yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, Nick Nick Pork Palace. It was uh, it's my first special I've released. It's so fun. It's uh, it's all my best stuff. I had a great time filming it. For some reason, even though I had a lot of, uh, I, I don't know, because like if you're like uh, a big comedian, I guess you don't have to think about everything that's going to happen with your special. You just th- got to think about the words. Whereas I had to think about the lighting, the cameras, whether everyone was going to be fed, uh, and I had to sweep up my own stage afterwards. Wow. So it was kind of, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was so fun despite that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's great. It's a lot of fun. And yeah, I do a lot. Of, I do a podcast with Brett Blake, but it's pretty Australian is flat stick where we talk about Fords and extreme sports. But then I also do another one, um, with, uh, my good friend and comedian, Jack Drews, where we kind of present a few ideas to each other each week called fun catch-ups. And we get a bit in depth about comedy and things like that. And that, that's so much fun because, uh, both Brett and Jack are like old time friends I've known forever. Uh, especially Jack, I started comedy with him. Um, so it's kind of weird because to go from a guy where you're talking about cars and motorbikes and shedding shit on fire to another guy where you're just talking about, oh yeah, Stuart Lee did have a good point on this special. <laughs> you know what I mean? like that's kind of it's kind of fucking weird as well, you know. Yeah, yeah, but it's fun, man. It's so so fun. Um, I mean, COVID kind of sucks, uh, in, but I don't. To be honest, I don't miss doing show. I like having my nights back. To be honest, and doing the odd podcast every now and then. Um, I I think I do miss the stage every now and then, but yeah, doing the podcast is it, that's that's my highlight at the moment. You know. Yeah, that's and a- of course. You know, phone hacks with Mike G is fucking crazy. We we love we we always go nuts, and we're getting. I think we're going crazier and crazier, and we're we don't give a fuck anymore, and it's going to ruin our lives. Um, but we don't care. But I think I think uh, actually, just one random thought is is has anyone uh, uh, toyed with the idea that COVID actually could be a feminist conspiracy oh, to stop all comedians? Yeah. Because, you know, first you had, like, Louis and all that <coughs> stuff. And now this is like, we all got Me Too'd. Like, no shows. It's over for all comedians. <laughs> this must like have been... I like how Harry subconsciously says, we all got Me Too'd. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put me in that category, Harry. No, no. <laughs> Dean is a Me Too waiting to happen. Right? Like, fuck you. Add, 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 some, add some age. Add 10 me. years to this guy. Oh, he, damn. Harry... <laughs> Yeah, Dean. We heard the uh, we heard the Uber, Uber driver was female, <laughs> and, uh, and she you were jerking you. it in the back seat. So I can't brother. believe you're going against me here. Harry talks about his dick, and Christian trying to plug your girlfriend. And I'm like just sitting here quietly, going sick, get him kicked out of Uber. Yeah, but this is this is like basic human psychology. Because you're ill, we're just like beating oh, up the, yeah. we, the weak one in the in the herd. Like, thanks, thanks. Yeah. Throw him to the lions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, um, let's let's kick this off properly. 
uh, I quickly want to introduce this as, uh, as such. I want to talk about the culture clash of moving from the country um, to the city and kind of what I always find interesting is how uh, people from the city um, see country folk um, or like how I was perceived, but over time have go gotten like both both uh, views. And I think you did to some extent as well, Nick, um, moving from the countryside. But let's let's preface this as such. Um, explain a little bit where you grew up and and um, how how that was like for for young Nick uh, growing up uh, in the countryside of New South Wales. <laughs> Yeah, it was good, man. It was. Um, you don't realize how good it is until you until you leave it, I guess. Uh, I grew up on a one of the biggest cotton farms in the southern hemisphere, so it was it was forty thousand acres, um, and uh, so yeah, we had about twelve thousand acres of cotton and a few other crops. So it was it would took about um, my school was about like my primary school was about twenty five kids. So we would travel about half an hour so from to get from the uh the house to the uh to the main road took about 15 20 minutes probably a little bit more and then from there you would meet the school bus and then you would go along probably the one of the worst roads ever to the school it was this terrible gravel road that would destroy cars and buses and also the uh <laughs> there was this weird thing where the dust would flare up that much, so you'd always have to drive to the to right on the side of the road, because this big doubt cloud of dust would come up, and then all of a sudden a truck would just drive out of it. Oh fuck! Like a uh, like a shit magician, you know? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and, and like rather than pulling it. Pulling a rabbit out of the hat, he just pulls a truck that's going to run over you. <laughs> and and like in in Australia, your trucks all have like bull bars, so you'd be fucking dead meat in seconds if you get in in front of one of those. Oh man, so many people died on those roads. It was it was terrible. Yeah, so many so many crashes. All right, but yeah, that's where I live. Yeah, so uh, yeah, there was about twenty five people in the in the school, and then the small town of Boomite just had a pub. And a and a, a school and a pool and that was it. So yeah, it was it was a weird it was a weird place to grow up. Very very isolated. Yeah. Just just to make this very awkward, how was the cotton getting picked? Fuck me. <laughs> a lot of people ask me this, man. I forget it. It's it was a way of life for me, but they are picked by huge machines. Oh okay. That are very very. Um, so to pick cotton, I guess um, it's a very uh, articulate way to do it. You've got to create spindles that spin the cotton off the plant, um, kind of like uh, what, like, you know, like uh, fairy floss. The yeah, way yeah, fairy yeah. floss is kind of like you get on a yeah, at, that's at the, a, at, like at the state fair or something. Yeah, man, yeah. So that's the way cotton is picked off a plant with a machine. It's got these spindles on it that spindles the cotton off. Um, but then also the cotton's got to be sucked into a basket. Um, so it's very articulate. And these machines are only used four to five months a year. And then the rest of the time they just sit uh, and they're worth millions of dollars. So they're the most complicated, fucked up machine to uh, to make 
you know, to get a crop or whatever. And it's times like that you're like, oh man, a bit of slavery, you know, wouldn't go, wouldn't go <laughs> straight. Like that, you know? This is exactly what Harry was aiming for. <laughs> But actually, now I'm, now now I've gone for a different a different thought cropped pr- into my mind. Has anyone in the history of these machines ever tried to use them as a masturbatory aid? Because we got you got like uh, you know you got sucking. I heard there you've got like uh, you know like because there's all these stories of like a guy that put his dick on a on a like on a band in in a factory and then is you know these these urban legends of some guy got his dick ripped off by a machine i don't think these are urban oh, legends yeah. i actually think that's totally true that totally happened i, I think yeah oh, of course yeah no that that definitely happened anyone who's worked in manufacturing or on farms or whatever has got such low self-esteem and probably I mean, been <laughs> no but, but think about it they're always yeah they're always looking at new ways to jerk off you know, <laughs> you were talking about the combine harvester before. Like, um, we we uh, I, I I grew up on a on a farm that was mostly um, uh, producing like grain. Um, mm. So mm. Um, our combine harvesters um, would run also for just a few months a year, and the rest they would sit idle. But what what they used over here was they used them as snow plows. Um, in ah, in, in winter, so you just because they're they're huge and quite powerful so you just chuck like a big fucking um plow in front of them and then use them as that and <laughs> i swear to god i swear to god i have seen one dude um it was like a, a a very hot august and he was kind of running down fields for 18 hours i swear he was jerking off in that fucking box I swear he was <laughs> sitting there whilst going through the crop, just jerking it. Whilst doing what are you it. Go, but what are you going to do? Like, what else is there? You can't, because you've got to stay there. It's not like you're going to read Tolstoy or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's definitely true, man. It's, it's, it's brain dead work, so you, you don't want to... I don't know. It's so weird because you don't want to further yourself in any way. Like, yeah, if you'd probably have a better chance of meeting a woman that you want to have sex with, if you had, if you were more interesting, like reading Tolstoy or something like that. But no, you go for the easy option, which is just to jerk off. <laughs> but actually, that's become a- sadder. But but I'm here. There's an interesting question right there. Is that so? If you if you like growing up in this situation, what what age are you allowed to drive in Australia? Like, oh, it's uh, sixteen. You get your L's, I think, and then seventeen you can drive. So, so, um, but I was I was driving well before that. Yeah, yeah. But so, like, if if you if there was like a hot young lady that you'd met at school that you wanted to go and meet at the weekend, how how at the pool at the pool. <laughs> The boom I pool. <laughs> yeah, well, like, how did how did you make that happen? As how did young teenage Nick get <laughs> get laid? Well, when when I was a teenager, I went to boarding school, and uh, I yeah was I didn't I didn't have a clue about life. I wore my my um I remember I saw every kid wearing Nikes Nike shoes, and I was like, I said to mum, "Can I get some Nike shoes?" And she gave me my my grandfather's Nikes, these old cork. Oh yes, uh, Nikes. They, Fuck yeah. Yeah, 
Today you would be yeah, a probably hipster. a collector's item. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Fucking and hell. And then I was just paid out so badly by the rest of the uh, school. And I think at that point, the, uh, the all the bullies thought, "Oh, we we can't bully this guy anymore. We've got to we've got to actually take him under our wing because he's going to die." <laughs> uh, so. But this is an interesting. This is something we have in common. So I, I went from eleven to eighteen. I went to a Quaker boarding school in England, and and mm. there are so many. And it was similar because I, as single mum, and she couldn't afford to buy me branded stuff. And most of the kids there, they they. Their parents were like high-flying international people, so they had all the all the brands and shit that they needed. Uh, it was Sony Walkmans back then when you'd show off with. Yeah. Did you did you have to do the thing where you put your you put your underwear in a uh, in a shared basket? What the hell? This is, is a boarding school thing. Like, how did you handle your laundry at boarding school? Like, when you you know you got your skiddy wife fronts. How did you? Oh no, we yeah, yeah. We just had to take them to the laundry, and you would you would have to do it every Monday. You would get up extra early, uh, give them to these old ladies, and then they would wash all your shit, and then you pick it up, um, and had your name there to get picked up. But yeah, that 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 was it. Oh, and the name tags. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, yeah, yeah, you, oh, yeah, you have to. You, all you have of to you had uniforms, right? Like um, UK, you would have uniforms. Australia, you would have uniforms. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. That was so it was a weird way. That was so I, I went to an ex- that was so outlandish to me. Yeah, yeah, it was weird. Um, I went to an agricultural boarding school, so it was so weird because um, I was that isolated that you either went to school in Sydney uh, to a private school. Um, so you would go there to a private school, pay a lot of money. Um, or you would go to your local high school, which was still an hour and a half on the bus. So, and then it was a pretty rough school. So my parents were like, but then I got this kind of weird in between thing where I went to a public boarding school, which was so weird. Um, so it was cheaper for my parents to send me there than to have me at home. It cost them like $3,000 a year. <laughs> wow, um, wow. And it was an agriculture. Yeah, so it was an agricultural boarding school. So you just, um, yeah, I don't think academics was really at the the forefront of things. Where it was a very <laughs> fucking dumb school. <laughs> um, but yeah, we we're pretty dumb. But it was we had a lot of fun there. You know, was was this in a in a more like um, obviously the the school was in a more say urban area but w- was it already like a big city or was it still kind of like small town kind of vibes yeah tamworth was a um you guys probably wouldn't get this in switzerland i don't know if you would but australia has a big problem where we have huge towns like uh you i think i took you to toowoomba once christian yes that yeah we had this problem where they're they're not that they're classed as a city but there's nothing to do in that city. So people think that they're in a city, but it's still got this country town sensibility where everyone recognizes each other. Yeah. Uh, so it's still, so therefore it leads to a lot of drug problems and a lot of, you know, a lot of other problems are, uh, where people are just bored. People are like, I don't know what the fuck, I live in a town that 
should be a city, but it's only got a bowling alley. Yeah. Or something like and, that. And which one is so and weird. one Irish pub. Um and Yeah. <laughs> and, and shitty karaoke. Um actually Yeah, yeah, that's it. We, Whereas we, we, I was I was very lucky because I grew up so isolated that my local pub had no um it had no promise of anything that was gonna be there that was gonna be good. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's interesting you're saying so like, that. Like in Switzerland, we we have that too. We we have that to a certain yeah. extent. So as soon as you leave the city, the the first school that I went to was a very um, I would call it an agricultural school as well. Like everyone was uh, coming from a farm or um, grew like fa- uh, grew up like farm adjacent, and the town itself had nothing to offer. However, distances are quite relative in this regard. So the city would be like half an hour away. The, the, the big mm. smoke, if you will. But no one would go there because this is also how dumb Swiss people are. You stay where you are. You don't travel. Like, travel for a Swiss person. An hour travel is insane. Everyone looks at you as like, what? Mm-hmm. why would you do that? Like, this, is, this is mental. So um, what happened uh, in, in our school a lot is we would, we would uh, steal motorbikes um, or cars from our parents. And then when people got older, the big thing was... Um, uh, to do car races in town. So it, once you had your <laughs> license, people would do car races. Fucking idiots. And a, a buddy of mine, this is quite tragic, a buddy of mine uh, I went to school with, he had this hugely tuned up um, E-Class, Mercedes E-Class, and he was flooring it through the village so much so that he dropped into a pond um, <laughs> at like 100 kilometers an hour and had two passengers on the back of it, of the car, and one of them one of them drowned <laughs> in a pond. In a pond. <laughs> How can you fucking? Like a duck was sitting on his head, and he couldn't stand it, up. It, what it the was fuck? No, but they were also oh, fucked he was unco- up. They, they, he was they were unconscious, unconscious yeah. fucked up, drunk, all the, all the things. But this literally happened because there was nothing to do, and instead yeah. of actually going mm-hmm. somewhere. And, and doing something with their lives, they just fucked around with these idiot cars and had these stupid races. So much so that the whole like imagine this. So now you have the you have the the, the local um, church guy, um, the pastor, basically having to bring the whole town together because this fuckhead basically killed one of the school children, and uh, and basically kind of tried to appease all the farmers because oh, they that? were literally w- rocking up with pitchforks. Was that your dad who had to do that? No, no. My dad was in a different parish, but it, it was um, it, it was the local... Um, we have these state churches, I guess, in Switzerland. There was one of those, and he basically had to appease everyone. But I got it. I just yeah, took man. to quickly... Just to quickly add... It is like, crazy. I've been, and I, I've been in Switzerland 20 years, <clears throat> and... Uh, the city was 20 years ago when I got here, the city, like we're in Zurich, the biggest city in Switzerland. The city was not the answer. So when I came here, I came here from London. Zurich was fucking shite. I, like the only restaurant I would ever want to eat at was Lily's on Langstrasse. So that existed then. There was nothing. There was just these fucking awful pubs full of like aging, dying alcoholics. And that was a night out <laughs> in Zurich. And and there was Langschasse where you had like, like bunch of prosies, but yeah, that's about it. Like exactly ruined Brazilian prostitutes, basically, and and that yeah, and it was I, luckily Zurich in the last sort of ten years has reinvented itself. It's come an international city, 
but uh yeah like like i think the city that you just described that was all of switzerland like like yeah there was just a bowling alley <laughs> yeah i th- i think that comes very close to your description nick yeah it was really cool my brother um years ago my brother moved to england and he was working in a place called like chinchester you know and uh the machinery we have in australia is so big and i'll in one paddock i'll sit i'll sit on a tractor for four days just going up and back in a paddock you know and wow um, i remember i remember my, i went and visited my brother in england and uh he showed me what was uh, classified in australia as, as a garden tractor and he said this is what we this is what we sow and this is what we plow in and i was like and we just l- cracked up. We were like, "This is the smallest <laughs> tractor I've ever seen." <laughs> yeah. So where does yeah, your mind go? It was go really when... funny. Wait, wait, wait! I want to stick on the tractor for a second because I was kind of planning for this. Um, so, uh, Nick, what is uh, your your tractor brand of choice? Yeah, it's a John Deere. Yeah, yeah, Fuck yeah and Fuck. and probably oh. my favorite tractor would be the. Uh, John Deere, uh, I think it's like the 8560 or the 8590. Yeah, um, yeah because just before it's the, the tracks. biggest you can go before. Yeah, it's before you before you go articulated. And yeah. uh, that that's the best. The, the reason why I'm asking this, this is something that's so... For, for me, this is inherently country. You have a favorite mm. brand of tractor. You grow up with it. <laughs> I could tell, I could tell the sound, by the sound of the tractor passing our window who it was and what tractor it was <laughs> that that was that's how i grew up and i knew that that fuckhead a neighbor drove a landini which is a fucking dog shit tractor in the first place um and and then it was a Masai ferguson um which which was quite popular in in my area but john deere that's where it's at we're gonna get so many angry tractor drivers <laughs> from sending us is that is tractor porn a thing is is there tractor porn Oh, I don't I know. Mean, I wish the, ca- was. the calendars. No, some, some people tem- send me some raunchy, raunchy photos of uh, women on tractors, which are pretty funny, and uh, I appreciate those. But only if they're on John Deere's, then I can get horny. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you need that green. Um, but I, yeah. I got a short question. So you, so you said you you would sit for almost four days, like doing one plot of land, basically. Like yeah. where does where yeah. did, where would where was your mind going when you were doing that? Like, like what, how were you, and do you look back at those days as, as being blissful? Like if only I could go back to just sitting in that tractor, I'd be a better person. Like, does that happen to you? Uh, uh, Yeah, man. I think, um, I think this is a big thing that you guys probably face in comedy and a big dilemma I'm facing right now is, and I was talking to my friend, Jack Drews, who I do in my, fun catch-ups podcast with is we talk about um when i was in the tractor i hated it i would i don't want to go back to it however back then i that was a long time before i started comedy um so but i thought my opportunities were endless i thought wow as soon as i get off this tractor i'm gonna write this script i'm gonna do this drawing and i felt that i had no no creative limits whatsoever but when I started comedy um, and now comedy, I put restrictions on myself going, well, 
that's got to be passed by that network or that's got to be done by that festival or that's got to be done by that person. And right now I'm like kind of going full circle back to when I was back on the tractor going, no, just do what you want, you know, just make what you want, do what, do what you want, who cares? You can put it out there on the internet, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you make any money or it doesn't get any likes or views, you know, that's, that. yeah, that's kind of what I think about, yeah. I, I miss uh, I miss sometimes that sort of uh, serenity that you get when you do these type of mm. jobs. Um, I was uh, I was uh, working a lot during the harvest, which is mind numbing, um, or um, driving a truck around for quite a while, um, like uh, yeah. all uh, all across Switzerland. It's it's you just the only thing you have is the white noise of the engine, and and uh, it kind of it, as a, as a child, I'm, I'm not sure if you guys did that in Australia, there was always like this jumper seat next to the driver on the tractor. And uh, yeah. my my neighbor who ran the farm, he would always take me with him when I would come home from kindergarten. He would take me with him onto the fields. I would always fall asleep on that tractor. It was so, it, it yeah. was so nice. Like it, you, you have the, the noise of the engine. And, and to me, to this day, not kidding, to this day, the sound of an engine just like going, it makes me feel comfortable. <laughs> Oh Dude. man, yeah, no, exactly, man. I know, and you'd know this as well. When you, when, uh, whenever Dad came home, it was a big deal. Dad's come home, yep. you know, he's got grease all over. He smells like grease. He smells like, yep. And that, that, that smell is always very comforting to me. Uh, totally, you know, like, um, I, I went out and I did a few gigs for guys that live way out in the country where I'm from, or but not even near where I'm from, but just rough, big blokes with rough hands. And yep. whenever I shook hands with them, I felt like ah, oh, I felt at home. Like this is this is shaking hands with my dad. I, I love the weird thing about the city is you can meet a gym junkie. I'm not really afraid of a gym junkie with a six pack and big muscles or whatever. A chubby like a a, a fat farmer, I'm afraid of because they could really oh, fuck they yeah. could honestly they tear your head from its body. Yeah. <laughs> But wait, I'm <laughs> sensing, I'm sensing the future here for you, Nick. Is is you got to open up a YouTube uh, ASMR tractor channel for all the farmers <laughs> like Christian. That I just... I swear to God that already exists, and this is how I know. When I was um, when I was in the army, um, a guy in uh, um, we we in the first twelve weeks we shared a room like fifty guys, right? The guy that slept across the floor. Uh, from my bed would always go to sleep with a Walkman and one day I asked him what he was listening to and it was the engine of a Scania tractor <laughs> from a, a Scania truck I'm not joking this guy this guy had, has the best job in the world he is um, a slope shaper so he creates ski slopes in Switzerland during winter on one of those um, you you've probably seen this, uh, Nick. Um, you know the, the these um, engines that go up and down the mountains. Do you know mm. what I'm talking about? No, I, I, I it was pretty flat where I was from. But it, are they just <laughs> imagine just like a big truck engine and then uh, uh, tracks of a tank, and in front there is like oh, a shovel. Yeah, right. and it, yeah, yeah. So that that's what it is, and um, he does this in Switzerland. Doesn't speak a word of English, but every summer would fly down to New Zealand and do it there. So he, he lives in an eternal winter. 
<laughs> That's wow. what he does. He doesn't speak a word of English, <laughs> and he has the best time in New Zealand just uh, shaping slopes. And he always works at nights as well. He's, he's got this weird rhythm. Um, yeah, and he would be listening to this fucked up like engine sound to, to go to sleep in. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I know a guy. Actually, this is another weird Swiss thing. Is There's a guy who became an expert in how to do uh, slopes when there's no, no snow. So he's got all the gear so that you can have fake snow and so on. This guy, now, he does every Bond movie. Every Bond movie where there's a, a ski slope involved, this guy's there blowing the snow. It's another weird Swiss thing that's going on in the world. Yeah, that's not oh, the only snow yeah. we blow. <laughs> yeah, the yes. jerk snow. <laughs> the snow in Zurich is <laughs> pricey. Um, but so what? What age were you when you then moved to Sydney? Yeah, I was Sydney. I moved to Sydney when I was eighteen, and I couldn't. I couldn't wait to get there. I was like, "This is," because uh, I, even though I was from the country, I guess. I think you would face this a lot as well, uh, Christian, was that uh, I'm such a weird... I didn't realise how weird I was because uh, in the country I was like this effeminate kind of, I guess, uh, artistic um, kid that stargazed a lot, stared into space, not really with it, kind of a dumbass... but then I went to the city and I'm like this kind of rugged country guy, this this rough yeah. guy. So it was weird. I I live I really do live two different lives. But I I uh, yeah I did that and I did graphic design and all that for a while. But it, I wasn't I was doing comedy for five or six years in Sydney, and then when I came to Melbourne, I realised that people were interested in the country. I didn't I didn't know that beforehand. That fascinated me. Yeah. That fascinated me heaps at one point when I started realizing that too. Because uh, I, mm, mm. I, I definitely had that same kind of uh, dichotomy between um, I, was very, I was very much perceived as someone else than I was in, in, in the city. Um, I was considered yeah. like, you, you said before, effeminate. And I think that hits it very, very nicely. Whereas uh, when, I moved, when I moved to the city, um, and uh, started working. Started working in a bank. I was the rough guy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But how much, Nick? It how much? Really of funny. That? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Now you go. Oh well, no! I'm it was really curious. funny because sometimes I've got my big afro hair and I wear pretty outlandish clothes sometimes. But sometimes, like you'd see construction workers laughing at you or whatever, and you're like. Mate, I don't know how to change the oil in that fucking excavator you're driving right there. Like, I could change the <laughs> yeah. filter in that. Right yeah. Now. You don't <laughs> I'm handy with a screwdriver, motherfuckers. I know how to do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But looking back to that time, like, when you wanted to move to the city, how much of it was driven by, like, opportunity and getting your life started? And how much of it was was the ladies that you were like, there's no ladies <laughs> where I am. Like, like you know, if you, if you were to split it like six, 60, 40, what, how, much, how much was your dick driving you to the city? <laughs> and how much was it your, your dreams? <laughs> well, 
You put it that way. I thought it was dreams, but now that you put it that way, it was 100% dick-driven, I think. No, I think, yeah, I think most of it was, yeah, just I think it was going into the unknown. I, I, Sydney compared to a lot of other Sydneys is a relatively small city, but I thought it was this, this, it had this smell, it had this like gritty, um, uh, yeah, untapped, just, just a, a, a world of the unknown where you're like, wow, I can go to this suburb. Yeah. And not know anything about this suburb or whatever, whatever. But um, yeah, that's that's what. And I remember telling my dad, I, I went to college to study graphic design, and coming back and telling my dad, I want to change graphic design and I want to do this, do that. And uh, yeah, my dad just nodding like you're full of shit, and I was <laughs> full of shit. I didn't change graphic design at all. I fucking gave up after two years, you know. <laughs> I think you're changing social media with phone hacks. I think uh, that that's, that's <laughs> but but actually you're bringing it back because because so I you know I grew up in a small town, but it was about like ten thousand people. So I was I wasn't living like not like you guys had it, but but I remember me and my friends we used to hang out in this pub. We were just all about we're going to London. We're getting out of this town. We're going to London, and the I yeah. like I used to get like adrenaline as I was approaching London, I'm like, mm. we're almost yeah. there. And it, yeah, this excitement of like all the, like the unimaginable opportunity that, that was incredible. And, and in a way like, like, you know, these days I'm just like, go wherever I want, go to New York. Yeah. Whatever. It's fucking New York. Who gives a oh, shit? Oh man. Street press was crazy to me. Like street press, just free magazines. Like you could just pick up off the street. And re- like I, I knew nothing about house music or techno, but I'd read it back to front just to see all the designs, all the logos, whoa, all this DJs and shit. I, I loved all that shit. You know, the rock and roll magazines. You get a free magazine if you just go into a music shop and it was there. You know, it was so cool. It, you didn't get any of that in Tamworth or or wherever <laughs> you know wherever I was at the time. It was so cool. It was I. I I mean, I think um, I've been watching that. I don't know if you guys have seen this show, um, not to sidetrack it too much, but I've seen this show uh, Crashing with Pete Holmes about first starting stand-up. And um, I love stand-up. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I love it. And I've I've performed to bigger crowds than I ever thought I would. Um, and it's so fun. As I got better, you kill more, you do better shows and stuff. But really... The most exciting was when you, when you were in your early days and you just got up, and yep. and you just got on stage. And if there were like three or four people in the audience, it didn't matter. Just to be there and just for the guy to go, "Hey Nick, there's room for you tonight. Sorry, it's sorry, there's only two people in the audience," and you just be so pumped to get up. That was kind of the best days of comedy. Yeah, it's not going to get any better after that. I've got to tell you, yeah. Yeah, you're constantly chasing that adrenaline as well. Because that, that's that's what I realized is um, I, I like I like when when the rooms get um, bigger and and all that sort of stuff. But chasing that adrenaline is probably something that's inherent to everyone that does comedy. Go like I want to feel exactly that way again. Yeah, yeah, and 
Yeah. I had a weird, I had like two weird moments. One, one was before the lockdown, there was a show I did. Uh, yeah, it was in Basel and it was too easy. And that really made me depressed. It was like the laughs I got them too easily. And I, and like, I've only been doing it like sort of two, two and a half years. And, and that yeah. was the very first time I ever felt, oh my God, what if the magic is evaporating? But luckily it doesn't. But <laughs> Because you bombed the week after. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, th but then we had like this other show like a couple of weeks ago where there were only four people in the crowd and I loved the challenge. That was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But... But a question, after, so after you moved to Sydney, how like how soon after you got there were you doing, was this like your very first stand-up? And, and how soon after you nah, got there were you? It took me a long time to do stand-up. I, I did, I did, um, I did uh, graphic design in Sydney. I know I hadn't seen any stand-up comedy shows. I remember I saw a few, I saw one open mic show that my friend played music in. I saw another comedy kind of um uh guy in and uh a lot of people says oh a lot of people say oh, i wish i started comedy earlier but i i love that i started comedy late because i remember saying to my friend afterwards i said man we could write a pretty funny show about having sex with a fat chick <laughs> um <laughs> yeah. yeah so i was like i was I was so happy I never started stand-up <laughs> or comedy before, like, around then, because it would have been so crook. Oh, man. So how old were you when you started comedy? Uh, yeah, I was, like, 25. So, yeah. So I, I went and I did, um, so I did uh, graphic design, then I went back out to the farm, And then I decided I was going to travel around the world. And then I saw uh, The Mighty Boosh uh, on TV. And that was like, I really got into that. I loved it. And I loved Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. I loved all that stuff. And then I moved to England where I was working at a bar and I was sharing a room with a Hungarian guy who was obsessed with stand-up. And he would play Dave Chappelle... And he played Julian Barrett oh, wow. and uh, Noel Felding. He would play their stand-up. And I was like, I'd seen stand-up in Brisbane and uh, a lot of friends told <laughs> well, me I paddle. could do it. Yeah, at the Pado. Yeah, it was, yeah. I'd seen it once or twice. I saw a friend do an open mic and everyone turned to me and said, man, you could do this. Not everyone, but most of my friends were like, you could do this. But I was like, oh, I just don't want to do stand-up. I want to do something different or I want to... You know, I don't think I could do just jokes. That would annoy me. Um, yeah. <laughs> so when I saw Noel Felding and, and Julian Barrett doing stuff, I was like, oh, now you can do something cool. And then I saw Dave Chappelle and I was like, oh, wow, you don't. Um, Dave Chappelle's jokes were so good. But also he's just, I was like, you can just be funny on stage. You can just be like a funny yeah. guy. And just, just around and yeah, yeah. And that taught me a lot as well. So it's the, it's a weird juxtaposition of Mighty Boosh and Dave Chappelle, but I, uh, I really enjoyed that. So that's, 
that's when I came back to Sydney and I had a friend that played in bands and things. And they said, oh, hey, Nick, um, when are you on? Do you play in a band? I said, no, no, no. And I would always go see all these bands. And, and my friend who played in a band, um, most musicians are obsessed with stand-up. So he said, why don't you try stand-up? And if it goes good, do it again. If it doesn't go good, you know, don't do it after that. So Yeah. yeah. Just give it a crack. Yeah. Yeah, cause yeah they, that's cause it. They, because the musicians, they're busy create their funny links between songs and stuff like that. And then they think they're... Oh, God damn it. Have you ever been to a U2 concert? A YouTube concert? <laughs> U2. Oh, okay. No, thank God. Um, I mean, Man, he, 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 uh, he talks so much. Man, this is a secret shame, but uh, years ago when I was really young, uh, this kind of lesbian couple took me under their wing and they uh, bought me a free ticket to... Uh, a jewel concert at the opera house and she was funny as fuck. I remember like laughing so much. Oh, really? Talk between the songs and she always had the funniest stories between the songs. And um, yeah, so musicians I reckon are the funniest. Like Lemmy, his uh, documentary, uh, the singer from yeah. Motorhead is fucking hilarious. Yeah. yeah, he was a funny guy. That's, right, that's you, for sure. You've changed my mind with Lemmy. I can't argue with that. <laughs> <laughs> but but th this is this is uh, fascinating to me though so you go through like a, a massive transition in that time right so you go you go from country bumpkin to uh to the city um you kind of like start to developing yourself um into into what you are now like the, the stand-up comedian that you have become but would you think um would you have become a stand-up if you'd stayed in the country at all no, no, man, no, no. I, I don't think I would have. This is uh, this is a big thing to me as well. Is people like I often get upset about, you know, my parents' expectations of me and things like that. Like, like they would probably want me to be in the country and doing a trade, and and I would have probably owned a house by now and been quite a success in some reasons. In some ways, yeah. I probably would have been if I stayed out there. But also, I think you've got to think of the other side. I think if I was out there doing that, the first thing my parents would say if we saw something on TV, or I like drawing as well, they would say, you know what, Nick? You're always pretty funny. You should have done stand-up. You know? Yeah. You should. That's, that's, I think they would have said exactly that, and I would have just lived in that regret. So I think it's far, far better not that to regret. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you know, you, you just have makeshift friends. You have friends that you have nothing in common with. Um, but you, they are your friends. But then I realized I had to move back to Sydney and and uh, start um, kind of being with my friends. I had something in common with, you know, music, TV shows and all that kind of stuff. And then I moved back and a friend a friend of mine was playing in a band and, and um, yeah, he got me into uh, uh, comedy um, I think I said this before, but I was, um, yeah, I was, I thought I wanted to work in entertainment somehow, or I wanted to do it somehow, but I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I kind of wanted to work more in the art department of films. And I thought comedy might give me some contacts. Like, oh, so, so you looked at it like a, a step into that world. Yeah, that's it, man. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't want to be like a big star or anything. I didn't want to be, uh, 
huge in comedy or whatever, I thought it would be way too hard. I thought it would, I mean, it is hard, but I thought it would be, yeah, very difficult. But, um, yeah, I guess uh, I, I, to, I didn't tell anybody. I told, I told my mum that I was going to try it. And, uh, yeah, she was excited about it. And, yeah, I did it and it felt good. I, I did yeah. I, I did that too. I did tell my parents at one point and then I told them that I do comedy in English and they were really annoyed because <laughs> they don't <laughs> they both don't speak it and they were like, Well, but then we cannot come and watch your shows and it's like, Yeah, that's probably for the better, I guess. My mum keeps Yeah, that's it. My mum keeps asking and I'm like, You will never hear any of my comedy. <laughs> she And I'm forty seven, I can't I'm just hoping she checks out before <laughs> She discovers it going. <laughs> you have had your yeah. parents do to come to shows, right? Yeah, yeah, a few men. Yeah, I I got them to come to a, like a really um a show I was real proud of, and it was a great time. Yeah, even though I was ripping into my dad uh, for some <laughs> of the show, um, and then I pointed that out at the time. I was like, "Look, my dad's here," um, but it's pretty cool because my parents are like. I was telling this to my girlfriend the other day. She's like, have your parents come to see you much? And I'm like, yeah, but they actually have a very good understanding of comedy. Yeah. And it's so weird. Like they, they, uh, it's not, you know, fucking Stuart Lee or something like that, but they'll, if there's an MC on at the night and he's killing with the crowd and he's doing a lot of gear and about dating and all that, they'll say to me, oh, Nick, you were good. The MC, he was so good at the start, but then he just grinded on me a bit, just talking about dating and farting and all that. We weren't really into that, you know? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And that's so cool. Like, they're, they're very, I think it's because they've been so isolated. They're very specific. They've got a very good mm -hmm. kind of, I guess, palate. Um, but then, yeah, yeah. That, that it was one of my yeah, favorite so. things. Um, the, the neighbor that I, uh, on the farm that I grew up on, he was really, really good at poetry, which is one of the most random talents that you find in a farmer. But he, he didn't write himself. He was just really good at remembering them. So he would have, <laughs> he would have like a, a, a poem or like a funny, quirky rhyme at the ready at any given moment. And it, it's not one of those guys that only has the same joke. He would have hundreds of them. It was absolutely fascinating. So he must have been sitting on this fucking tractor just like reciting whatever little stories that he had in his mind. It was always a rhyme. It was always like, you know, in, in the olden days, uh, how they used to write. And, and, yeah. and he would have that at the ready at any moment. Can you imagine? Like, imagine like tractor drivers are the best freestyle rappers <laughs> in the world. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> freestyle rap in a tractor man it was it's funny you say that um it's funny you say that harry because uh last last time I, I went out and did some shows way out in the, the outback where i'm from and uh these couple of farmer guys picked me up and the, and it's so cool because the internet now anyone's got access to the internet so we're driving down this outback road and he's like man you got to slow down sometimes there's kangaroos about or whatever but he's listening to SoundCloud rap. Fuck yeah. <laughs> this is funny. The, the, the next so Eminem but could be a tractor driver. That this would is, be hilarious. And, and he, the, but the thing is, it's all, I like, 
like it's also i don't know there's only rap i think there are a few english people that like that can do it that are in london but the accent is so important i i like i mean in in the uh, in the german speaking world there's a little bit of german and weirdly enough like german works for rap it works really well for rap actually yeah but like french does not yeah. work for rap <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, the south of france would try to disagree with you there harry <laughs> yeah but no Beca- but they're, they're just working through um i think their criminal upbringing or something <laughs> yeah but it, it's just like it, it's the same with listening to english people trying to rap most of it is just like you cringe from the moment they go yeah right mate i'm, go- I'm getting my beats here and, and oh, i can't even do it, it but, yeah it's it, it, that but, that sort of east london twang <laughs> Yeah, it just yeah. doesn't. You need you need that LA South Central, or there's certain accents that will do it. I don't know about Australia. Are there any good Australian <laughs> rap rappers? Does it work, or does it make you cringe? You you were you were asking uh, Harry about um, Australian hip hop. There there is uh, there is a band um, that got really famous, the Hilltop Hoods, right? Yeah, Hilltop Hoods are huge, man. Very huge, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the reason why I'm mentioning those. They sang a song which aged really well called "Cosby Sweater." <laughs> Cosby <Yeah>. Sweater. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was so funny. But I gotta say, maybe it's just me because I'm old and I'm clueless. I I feel like Australia hasn't done enough recently for for music or culture like oh the, fuck because yeah. because the last thing i can think of that made it was you know how do we sleep when our beds are yeah exactly i'm not midnight oil midnight oil oh yeah midnight oil yeah yeah but, well but, we had in excess yeah in excess and you had paul hogan and but but what is Aust- what the fuck happened in australia where where is oh wait you've got you've got thor haven't you thor is australian isn't he like Thor yeah, from he's from yeah, yeah, yeah. he's from Melbourne. Yeah, is he the last Australian cultural export? That you know. <laughs> no, we we do have a lot of exports. Like we got you know Hugh Jackman and all that shit, and and Kate Blanchett and Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving's probably one of the best. Oh yeah, actually, Kate, um, Kate Blanchett. Then, yeah. We got David Wenham and um, Ben Mendelsohn. Ben oh. Mendelsohn, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of good Sarah Snook from Succession, um, oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, I'll, so suck a dick, Harry, you fucking idiot! <laughs> right, I just rattled ten off there. What what what, what kind of bubble are you living in? <laughs> if you're not getting any Australia. I'm, I'm living <laughs> in Harry, a Harry just loves bubble. poking the bear, literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what are you, what are you, buddy? <laughs> You're watching the Bill and Heartbeat too much? Huh? <laughs> the Bill, <laughs> the, you fucking know the Bill. <laughs> did you? Yeah, that, you, that was on in Australia. Yeah. Did Did you ever go to the church when you were in London? This, I, this, this is just a question that I need to know. You know the, you know the church. Yeah. Or? Years ago, man, I did go to the church, and it was it was debauchery. It was <laughs> an absolute terrible place, such a horrible place. <laughs> so the church is like this place. Uh, it's like this this 
yeah for antipodeans like for australians New Zealand, kiwis and and it's sunday morning after after you've been clubbing in london on Sunday morning, you have to queue up for fucking ages, and then you have like, <laughs> you just have insane beer drinking that no one does in England, and and like like women stripping on tables <laughs> on Sunday morning, and it's called the church. It's yeah. If you're ever in London, Do don't don't go there. <laughs> it, 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 when you're oh, talking about this, I want to go, go on, Nick. It was a it was a cr- I went once, and I was just like. It was before I did comedy, before I was kind of a bit more left wing. But even then, I was like, this is fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was really, I mean, it was like the level of testosterone, I, just that already, uh, like when I went, it was just was scary. It's like, I'm going to, like, Man. there's violence here. <laughs> like, but that's that's what Australia is about. We are so we are such a crazy nation that we um we have such theatrical geniuses and music creative geniuses or whatever, but we disgrace ourselves with the most abhorrent representations of of misculture um, <laughs> that you could ever see, like. I, I one thing I, I lived in England, right? And the weirdest thing I saw was you'd have these beautiful British pubs, where you would just go and sit and have a beer, fireplace, thousands of years of history, hundreds of years of history. But if everyone wanted to watch a football game with eight hundred TVs, they would go to an Australian bar, and even the Brits <laughs> would go. Oh, that's true. To that, that is- Australian bar. Because Australians have this logic where we're like, well, why wouldn't you have a TV in a pub? you got to <laughs> fucking drink and watch the shit. Watch the fucking horse races. You know? Yeah. <laughs> there, there was the, the ugly one uh, in, was it um, close to Temple, the walkabout, walkabout bar? Uh, Hugely racist. Oh, yeah. My brother worked at a walkabout, yeah. yeah. Um, but do you know when I, uh, the one time I realized that I hit urban peak was when I was in Melbourne in one of those nightclubs that has a bit of a cachet called Revolver. Oh, God. Are you familiar with that one, Nick? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. So a friend yeah, of mine. Yeah, that's right. A friend of that's mine like works. Church. Yeah, it's like church, exactly. A friend of mine works at Revolver as a host. I don't really know what that means. But he's not pulling beers. So he's, he, he tells me one day, I'm, I'm in Australia for, I think, the second time. It must be around 2015. And he tells me, hey, uh, before you head to the airport, come over to Revolver. And it's like 9 a.m. on a Sunday, right? Oh. So I go over, and I have never seen so many pilled-out faces. <laughs> and I go in, and the music is pumping. And he just asked me to come to the bar and then a little bit in the back and we have Bloody Marys for breakfast uh. Uh, before I he- head over to, to Tullamarine to catch my flight home. <laughs> and as I thought it was like the best thing ever. I've never seen anything like it. Like a day rave to me that was like, okay, I'm now officially part of the urban society. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Man, yeah, exactly. I had friends come over last year from London for a wedding. Uh, a bunch of my mates came over because a friend of ours had a wedding and they went to Revolver after the wedding 
which I ducked out of. Fuck me. And they were even amazed at how openly people were dealing coke in the toilets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's next. And level. I was like, but but you're from London, isn't that the home of dealing coke openly? You know. Yeah, yeah. But, but on, a, on a different bit of Australian culture, have we actually <laughs> ascertained whether Rolf Harris was a paedophile yet? Oh Jesus! Like. Because I grew up with Rolf Harris. He he was like the who's that American yeah. guy, the Bob Bob something that paints things, and Rolf Harris would do these paintings where you would never see what he was doing until the last the last like pen stroke, <laughs> and we all loved him. Was mm. was Rolf Harris? Were you a, was he a thing in Australia or was it just an English, an English thing? No, he's a pretty big deal. Yeah, he wasn't. I don't think he was as big as deal as as UK, but he was pretty big. Pretty big deal over here, like Tommy King grew down sport. And oh fuck! Yeah. All that was a pretty big deal. Maybe that was a clue. Like yeah. there's a guy into kangaroo bondage. What's the fuck? What's the clue? It was there. I I used to have a joke about it. I don't do it anymore. It's a bit too. But if you had a criminal lineup of, of a bunch of random people and you had Rolf Harris in that lineup, and then you said which one of these people fucked my kid, you would definitely point out Rolf Harris. <laughs> like he's got the glasses, like a fucking wobble board. You know what I mean? Like he's singing songs. He's got the weird beard and shit. He, get, he draws cartoons. You go, no. Th- there's like I didn't even see the, the thing happen, but I know it was that guy. Yeah, exactly. Actually, it's true. It's the same because he was also friends with Jimmy Savile. I was just about to say. And yeah. and it's when you same when brain. He, looking back at Jimmy Savile, like and I remember him as a kid. It's just like how could how could I have not? How could <laughs> no one have seen this guy was so obviously the creepiest motherfucker? But <laughs> but I got a different changing changing. Changing track a little bit. So, so you know, we have this thing in Switzerland with a comedy show. So we're doing comedy shows. Unfortunately, Switzerland's only 8 million people. So we don't, we can't, like, like you couldn't make money off, off, off doing shows here. Uh, I mean, even there's one, one venue, the Hallenstadion in Zurich, where we're, a, 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 you know, like a, a top bill comedian can do one night where it's half full. Um, but I've got, I've got an idea so that we can get you over to Switzerland, Nick. So did I don't know if you listened to our episode on on evolution or revolution, but uh, uh, on the yeah, on I think the, I did. Yeah, and at the beginning of that, we talked about this place called Sprungli, where you go and you you turn your spoon upside down, and uh, and then <laughs> and then a, a, a you know an older lady will come and approach you, and I'm thinking that we can start basically an underground railway for international comedians <laughs> that that we bring you guys here you got a week we'll fund you for a week to hang out at Sprungli and get yourself a, a you know like a, a nice older swiss lady who who would fund your tour in switzerland would would you be up for this nick because i think this is the only way we can afford to <laughs> get you over to switzerland <laughs> i mean you yeah 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 you're gonna have to perform depraved sexual acts on a 55 year old. Are you? Are you? Are you, are you down for that? 
Yeah, I think like a 55-year-old in Switzerland, I mean, you guys are pretty fit and healthy over there. I think that's a that's pretty much like a 45-year-old in Australia. So <laughs> I think you could, yeah, you're right, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, there's certainly there's certainly the source of comedy material here. Like, like we can give you that compensation of, you know, going down on a fifty-five-year-old. There's definitely some <laughs> jokes in there. <laughs> oh uh, man, uh, yeah. Well, look, I I would much rather come over and and follow the uh, the normal procedure that it takes to do a comedian. But however, you guys are talking to the right comedian where I do love comedy. And I've never had a fantasy about going down on an old 55-year-old Swiss woman carrying a spoon. Um, but I will endure those feats to get on stage, to get, to get back on there. <laughs> no, we, we, would, we, would love, we would love to have you um, w- without the, the sprinkly feet, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, I think the problem is, is, is we've got to... I mean, to make it make sense for the flight over to Europe, like uh, there are shows happening in Germany, I believe. Like you could do a tour. Yeah. Maybe you could get over to Romania as well. Is I love how this is turning admin now. This this is great. Yeah, yeah. Well, because do you know what? It is weird, right? This is a weird thing. I'm the guy who who wants to do this. Probably is not listening to this podcast, but it doesn't matter anyway. Hi, Ross, if you're listening. <laughs> but I met a guy in England and. Uh, he wants me to play. <laughs> he's filming some film that he's. He says he's got funding for. Or he's got the green light on, where I play a Scottish soccer player, like a guy, a a big deal. I um I think his name is Willie Miller or something, and <laughs> I don't know. Miller. I don't look. Yeah, I don't look like the guy. I don't sound like the guy. But this this guy is intent on me playing him. And he wants me to fly. He, he wants to fly me over next year to be in this film. So uh, hopefully, due to COVID or whatever, I can do some gigs in Switzerland or whatever. After I've embarrassed myself trying to do a, a Scottish accent and trying to play soccer. Fuck yeah! Yeah, that sounds awesome. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's gonna happen. We'll 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 think up some also some films maybe with. I mean, Nick did play uh, in Europe a year ago. Um, you played in prestigious places like Serbia, um, <laughs> which I was I was gladly part of to to watch this unravel, which is fucking fantastic. Um, you played Belgrade, and then you went to the the top of the heap straight to London. Um, uh, if this time I think we we're gonna stay on the continent for a little bit longer and have you in in uh, Zurich and a bunch of other cities in Switzerland, I guess. Yeah. Plus, if we can. Get oh Berlin, yeah, it's. Berlin yeah, it's so exciting uh, listening to you guys do your podcast. I got to say, I, I love it. It's such a fresh perspective, um, uh, and also the, I I love hearing something that's that I know is going to be. You know, if not financially successful, just successful as a movement, and you guys are going to go down forever as uh, the <laughs> depraved fuckheads <laughs> that started comedy. Uh, comedy adjacent, I guess. <laughs> but I think, I mean, Christian's explaining. Yeah. I feel, <laughs> yeah. So I feel weirdly comfortable because Christian once explained we basically can't get me too. Like, like 
in Switzerland. You you kind of can, <laughs> but you can't. I mean, we're on pod like on podcasts oh, can't be stopped. Mm. So we basically can say pretty much anything we want to say. I so need we to m- talk to my insurance guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but I mean, fundamentally, like uh, yeah, because I can you can you slander people in Switzerland or like like well yeah, of course you can. So we can call anyone a cunt. Oh no 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 no! You can get done for slander. Oh, you can get done. Yeah 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 yeah. That's totally a thing. But um, we are not that litigious as a society. It's a big oh. thing in Australia. Yeah, well. there yeah, was there's a, a there's a new here. law there now, right? There, there was a new thing coming out re- regarding like religion or something. Um, uh, oh, we got a new law protecting pedophiles, even if they're convicted, which yep. is so weird. What? Yeah. But yeah, and I I yeah. was hoping I wait, was wait, hoping wait. that that law was co-sponsored by Hillsong. It's just. Can you, can you, like, <laughs> I don't know this. Can you explain this for beginners? For you, Nick, you, you explain this. Yeah, I don't fully know. Is it if you're a convicted uh, pedophile or if you're a convicted uh, sexual assault? Um, yeah. Uh, if you do that, then you still, your name's still not allowed to be put out into the world. You still have to be anonymous. Okay. And there, w- there is a huge thing about this. So one of the mega churches originating in Australia is called Hillsong. I think I spoke about them before because of my big despise, uh, or how much I despise them. So th- they are part of the evangelical movement, and the, the senior leader of that church, uh, Brian Houston, his dad is a convicted pedophile. No, sorry, alleged pedophile, and um, his the rest of the church. The leadership didn't speak out, but they knew. So, and, and this is all part mm. of that. So, his son, uh, the, the, the 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 father of Brian, he uh, he had um, sex with a bunch of boys, and they spoke out about it. But the senior leadership of Hillsong denied to speak to the police about it, um, and that was kind of um, wrapped into uh, when that law came out. That whole discussion was happening at the same time, and it's super fucked up. So, but um, by the way, uh, this is this is the last episode of this podcast. Uh, it's good to be on here. <laughs> but and uh, it's it's good to it's good to be on the last ever <laughs> uh, episode, the uh, finale. Um, did we just violate Australia's? <laughs> we, are, we are so cutting that bit. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> oh my god! Oh fuck me! Before yeah. before Murdoch takes us down, you know. Um, no, is, no, no. But um, is Murdoch it going is cool. down? Because you've got you've got his son has has like abandoned News Corp, and now who is it? Your former labor yeah. labor dude seems to me. It smells like Google is actually funding. Uh, what's it? Who's the who's the former labor prime minister that is now? touting oh uh, yeah kevin rudd yeah yeah kevin rudd uh, but the thing is he he's he's going viral on everything at the moment yeah. with his videos which makes me think because really? google's in a fight with news corp at the moment isn't there like there's a and ah. i'm just and i'm and i'm like I'm like conspiracies. Wow. Yeah, conspiracy thing. But this, but this is a fucking thing because it's the same thing with in in the US when you had the net, net neutrality discussion. Now, uh the people mm-hmm. that benefit the most from net neutrality are Google and Facebook. 
So those two companies, because because otherwise they have to pay a shit ton of money for internet, because most of the internet is Google and Facebook, like YouTube and whatever. And so of course they're busy like oh, right. getting everyone excited against net neutrality is evil. And and to me, this Kevin Rudd thing that he's gone so easily viral makes me go, hmm. You like I'm smelling something. Yeah, like I'm not pro Murdoch at all. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. he's a cunt. He kept Margaret Thatcher in power, but uh, yeah, yeah, man, that is so unique. Like, um, like a unique perspective that I never thought of is that yeah, that that has been going quite viral because uh, Kevin Rudd, he is. God, the, he is a total bureaucrat like most Australian prime ministers are just no touch with reality or totally, like not as an insult, but totally autistic. <laughs> just like, I don't know. <laughs> just like you've just been straight through uni, you've never worked a job, you know, gone straight from university to Parliament House, great. Um, but yeah, it is kind of crazy that he is trying to take down Murdoch, and I think it's good that he's been pulled up. Like Murdoch's getting pulled up on him because, as I said, I was what I talked about Sarah Snook in Succession, uh, how it's such a great show. But we pass Succession the series off. It's like it's some fantasy thing. Like no family would backstab their. F- no one would turn the media like this to suit their personal opinions. But then you go. Oh yeah, no. This that is totally this is our world. This isn't yeah. fucking yeah. Harry Potter or something. This yeah. is this is Harry Potter in our life. This is Lord of the Rings real life. Yeah, Shit. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and so the I mean, it's yeah. it's like so we're saying the son is basically making a play to kick his dad out and then take over News Corp. Is that is that the end game for for? Yeah, yeah. This is. And he should just fucking die. I point. think so, man. Yeah, yeah. He he just looks like. I, so- I think. Uh, I think media is is uh, is dead now. Like people don't give a shit anymore, and people don't even give a shit about left wing media. Yeah, people exactly. are just. And I think Murdoch's scared. He's so scared. He's got his boomers left, and he's trying to kind of get those last amount of boomers to kind of hang on to him, which is a majority in Australia. But after that, it's going down. They're going to die out. I think that's a really great um, upbeat note to end the podcast on. I, I, I just want to say that his head looks so much like a scrotum. <laughs> Shriveled. He just looks like a fucking <laughs> giant walking ball bag. And yeah... I don't know. It's a, it's a <laughs> <bizarre>. <laughs> he, yeah, really. And no, I mean, yeah, actually, I don't look. I think the thing that will confirm your theory, Nick, is if Trump gets in, because at the moment in the U.S., like everyone's like, every poll, everything is saying that Biden wins. But I was listening to something yesterday. There's, there's actually again, it might be Trump pulls it out of the fire, and if he does, then it really shows how redundant and irrelevant the media's become man i've come around i i'm left wing and i care about people i guess in some respect i i shop organically i try not to buy from corporations i don't like capitalism whatever but tell you what man i'm really coming around to this trump guy just 
Just on great stuff, he says. You know what I mean? Like just coming out of COVID and just saying, I've felt better. I've never felt this better than I have in 20 years. Like I feel good after COVID. I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of like this guy now. I, like, I fucking love this guy. I mean, he has a confidence that I will never have. Exactly. But, I mean, I've already predicted he, he's going to win, like, in a few episodes. I'm actually going to go a step further today because cause the big thing about Trump is he hasn't been making enough wars, so the military-industrial complex isn't happy with him. My prediction is, is he wins. Two years into his next term, someone whacks him. There's going to be, you know, the grassy knoll too. And then it's going to be, um, then it's going to be a, a civil war in the I, United States. Yeah, but but imagine the back and to the side video with Trump's hair flying around. <laughs> Fuck yeah! Oh, but, we get, we're going to have yeah. a Trump Kennedy moment. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he just and uh, partly we're all going to feel horrified, but we're also going to be happy to see that toupee flying off <laughs> at last. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this podcast is so good. Yeah, get man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Going all in. Oh man. Yeah, like, yeah like, no. I'm. Uh, anything. Anyone who approaches life with the same way they approached life when they were five years old is <laughs> a genius, in my opinion. <laughs> that is so true. That's good. Like, I am bigger. You know. Yeah. Y- you know when you uh, you got sick when you were a kid and your mom would go, how do you feel now? And you go, I feel good. I feel better. Yeah. I feel great. I'm yeah. glad I got sick. <laughs> yeah. And, and he, he was pumped. To with- say that when you're like 65 is fucking awesome. Oh, it's, it's insane. Like it, but he got pumped up with so many drugs. I mean, he must have felt better. I actually buy that. Like the list of drugs mm. that he was given sound like, Awesome. It's just, it's like all of the above. Yes, please. I would, I would try some of that. <laughs> it's just so many uppers. Like, it's insane. Yeah. I, I've always loved that. There's this movie, uh, the, what is it? Miss, ha- Miss Sunshine. And there's the grandfather. It's this road trip. Uh, Little movie. Miss Sunshine. Little Miss Sunshine, yeah. And the grandfather yeah, in great. that. Who, who, he's, that character has been my idol. That's how I'm ending my retirement. Is where you go like, you know, when you're your age, you'd be stupid to take drugs. When you're my age, you'd be stupid not to take drugs. <laughs> and I think like, because I, I keep it, I keep it clean these days. I'm lining up the whole lot, the heroin, the, uh, the, the whole thing. Go, go, uh, Doc Stanhope has a bit about this where he says like, I'm keeping heroin to the last. This is, this is how I check Man. out. <laughs> Man, this is the best. Like I'm 37 now and it's the best way to party. You you don't go out to a nightclub where you can't hear what anyone else says or whatever. You Sometimes you go to a metal show or whatever. But really, it's about taking great drugs that you know that are good and having a platter with it and a craft beer. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> going to bed at around 12.30, you don't have as much as a hangover as going to bed at 6.00. Yeah. It really is the ideal way to party, starting around the afternoon. Um, yes, it yes. is with a little so bit of good. day drinking. Yeah, and and, yeah. I, and I and I will say this: if you hit on women during the afternoon in a cafe, they're far more receptive than when they're at the bar or the club <laughs> later on, because they're not expecting it. <laughs> <laughs> 
This is a I should shut up. Yeah, and I met a guy recently. If we ever do get you over there, we've got to take you to Mike's cheese shop. Is this guy called Mike? He's an English guy and he has this cheese shop where he sells English cheeses in Switzerland. I met a guy there. <laughs> this, yeah. Oh, so he just sells craft singles in uh in Switzerland. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And and the people that if you go there on a Friday afternoon evening the craziest people turn out. You have the craziest conversation. I met a guy there who was 75, Swiss guy. And he'd been a, uh, a millionaire, lost all his money, but now he still had enough to buy drugs. And apparently this guy is 75. He, he's going out clubbing. And because he's got the moves and the attitude at 75 plus the drugs, he's scoring like, like 25-year-old women. Who oh, who damn. go back to his place and then wake up next morning horrified with what they did last night, and I'm like, this guy is fucking a genius. So you know, there's no what they say. Trump is showing us that what our whole stereotype and preconceptions about age—they're all wrong. It's just is this, it, it just is gets this an excerpt from Harry's dream book. Exactly. Uh, it's a, exactly. It's a dark, dark. I want to know hole. when this kicked in. <laughs> you gotta I, actually I think the magic number is 43 so cause cause uh, you know <clears throat> 43 is where the whole software that your parents put in you starts to just expires and then you find out who you really are so you got you got uh, 37 you got maybe you've accelerated it through your comedy lifestyle but <laughs> but uh, by the latest 43 you'll be like oh my god I'm now the real Nick Clapper and then we're going to see who this is like I think the phone hacks might have already brought you there though that <laughs> you might oh man it's so terrible life sucks man cuz like I remember thinking uh when I got to 25 like man I was a cunt when I was in my teens and then getting a 30 going, fuck, I was a cunt when I was 25. Yeah. And then just now realizing I'm a, I've been a cunt my whole life. It's, <laughs> it's not getting better. Yeah. But, but the thing is, as you get older with wisdom, the level of cuntiness is, it becomes so incredibly evil. It's just like, cause you really, cause you know shit. <laughs> But one one request <laughs> could could you franchise phone hacks so that we could do a phone hacks in every country in the world like McDonald's because a Swiss phone hacks would be phenomenal. Uh, Harry has this. Oh guys, we do <laughs> we franchise? Yeah, no, no. Seriously, I would be I would be keen to talk uh, keen to talk about this. A uh, yeah, Swiss phone hacks would be so cool. That would that would be great. I uh, I I'm I, I don't know a lot of a lot of podcasts and stuff have, you know, left-wing attitudes and they go, oh, I won't sell out to gambling. I won't sell out to political parties or whatever, but phone hacks will sell out to anything. Anything. <laughs> if you front up the money, it doesn't matter. You guys could be Nazis. You guys could be racist, sexist. It, it, gambling, tobacco, great. Tobacco is great. They've got so much money. I want an alcohol I don't know where sponsor. to spend it. Al alcohol, heroin, whatever. <laughs> Give it to us. The Phone Hacks podcast will franchise anywhere. That's, that's awesome. 
Hey, Nick, thanks so much for being on today. We, we really appreciate, appreciate you taking your time on uh, your girlfriend's birthday, uh, sitting with us. And it's now the getting into the wee hours um, over in Australia. So um, I think this is a good moment to kind of wrap it up. Um, thanks so much for doing this, man. That was awesome. No, thank you so much, guys. Anytime you want me back, let me know. Um, I love, uh, yeah, I love it when uh, Dean gets better. And thank you so much. Thanks, guys. It's been hilarious. We, we would love to have you back. And uh, all the very best. Have a lovely rest of the day.